Hello and welcome to the How I Got Here podcast. This is Hannah Rachel Weinberg, I'm your host. And today I'm going to be speaking with Karina McCannelly, who's from the Pentecostal sect of Christianity. Karina is the wife of a pastor and the local music director in her church. And today she is going to be sharing with us her journey into modesty and into fitness and showing how she combines it with her religious lifestyle. Enjoy! Hey, Karina, welcome on. <laughs> well, how are you? Amazing. Baruch Hashem, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Okay, great. Amazing. So, as you know, um, I'm a big sports and modesty fan, and I have an absolute fascination with sporty women from different cultures and religion. Uh, religions. And I was reading through your bio, and I read that you're a wife's pastor and a music minister. So, what sect of Christianity do you belong to? Um, we are Pentecostal. So is this, this is the sect that basically the women grow their hair long and they kind of separate between the different genders to create modesty? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. amazing. Wow. So, okay, I was reading that you are a pastor's wife and that you are a music minister. So what are these uh, roles? Well, okay, as a pastor's wife, uh, my church has been really good to me because <laughs> I know that that means different things for different people. For mine, it just kind of means being there whenever somebody needs me for prayer or whatever. Um, but in just kind of being involved. So they don't really put any extra pressure on me, which is incredibly nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, the music minister, well, maybe it's because I do have the music minister position too. So um, just kind of being in charge of picking all the songs for um, the congregation and the ones that we're going to play on the service days and then teaching the parts and actually play the piano too. Oh, beautiful. Um, although I, yeah, <laughs> it used to be out of necessity, but um, actually I kind of enjoy it now. So I rotate on that, but um, that's, that's pretty much what, what I do. And it's kind of making sure all the musicians are together and everything like that. So we have our little practices and then, um, we we do that on Sundays and not Wednesday nights anymore. Now we have classes on Wednesday nights instead of uh, music. But yeah, I love it. Music is my thing. I love me it. too. Me too. <laughs> you know, in our religion, we also have music. It's like a very big um, part of our prayer service. On Friday nights, we have Kabbalah Shabbat. And it's like when we welcome the seventh day, which is kind of like what your Sunday is. It's like what our Saturday is to us. And it's just like a way uh-huh. of just communicating to like, you know, to God and to spirituality. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, is there like a, a song or like a, um, a like lyrics of something special that you guys normally play um, on your Sunday service? We actually kind of, um, we keep it different. Um, I mean, we, we do repeat some of the same songs, but there's not like just one that we kind of stick to. Um they like to we used to do him well we not us specifically but out our church and kind of like our um i guess pentecostal like the religion we used to always kind of stick to um song books like the hymnals and stuff like that and then recently or i guess probably within the last 10 to 15 years we've kind of got out of that especially at our church and so we um we just kind of sing it's we just kind of keep it different so that people have um, something different to connect with um, different words so they're not just going through a r- routine I guess and so um, there's not really one specifically that we do like all the time although I do have favorites obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But, is there um, like one yeah. that you can like show us or sing to us? Um, okay, let's see. Hit me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's all about, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, let me think. Well, the first one that comes to mind is Waymaker. I'm not sure how that's going to sound without music. <laughs> but um, I'll just sing the, the chorus, I guess. Which actually that repeats itself. How big of a little? Uh, do you just want yeah, just a little chorus? Yeah, that's okay. Just, okay. just like your favorite part of it. Okay. Well, the chorus of the Waymaker song. I love it because it's it's just about how who God is, I guess, and just like all the things that He does for us. So, um, anyways, the chorus is just says, Waymaker, light in the darkness, promise keeper. Oh goodness, I'm saying that. I'm so sorry, I wasn't prepared. Oh my god, that but, was stunning. That that was I, no, I'm saying that was gorgeous. I felt like Mariah I, Carey just came on I there. Said, <laughs> well, I just said the words like um, out of order. So no, anyways. that was great. That was great. This is amazing. But it just says that is who you are. But it just says all the things that God is, and then it just says that is who you are. And to me, it's just so beautiful because God is like you know, he's, he is all those things. And I guess when you make the connection of the, the way that you've seen him work in your life, in those, you know, whether it's being the way maker or keeping promises to you or making, you know, um, you know, providing for you, whatever it is. So I love that song because I can make that connection with each thing that it says that he is as we sing it. So, and then it's just got a pretty melody too. So. <sighs> wow. Well, with a voice like that, I, I don't know who wouldn't want to come to church. <laughs> Oh, that's sweet. Well, I wish I, I wish I was prepared. I would have sang something better for you. Oh, that was great. <laughs> so, like, how does song come like into your religion? Like, is it something that people that you use to to connect on a deeper level, or it's just like a way that you always had it? Or what's what's the idea of song in Christianity? Uh huh. It's um, worship, really, and then yes, like you said, a way of getting a deeper connectivity. So, um, but mostly like we even call it just our worship services. So we usually typically do it. Like we'll come in and we'll have like prayer and there'll be music in the background, but that's typically something that's pre-recorded and, you know, it's just over the speakers. And then after prayer, we go into our worship time. So we've already connected with God through prayer. Um, and then we, you know, sing praises to him and it just helps open up our spirit so that we're prepared for the word. So whenever the word comes across, we've already made that connection with God and we're open to, you know, to receive whatever it is that, that, um, God has for us that morning. So yeah, and that's kind of how we use our music. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and also seeing and following you on Instagram and seeing how dedicated you are to your fitness and to your weightlifting, it seems almost like you also connect to God through through your sports. Is that true? Yeah, I would say it helps me stay connected. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I use it as like an outlet, I guess, you know, some people have like their stress relievers, whatever they do. Um, there are two things I will say keep me sane, and one is God and prayer, mm. <laughs> and the other is, yeah, just kind of working out and being active and being able to, um, I guess, just get any kind of frustrations out or any kind of stress out through working out, and it just makes me feel better overall, and it does, um, like, I do feel like God gave it to me in order to serve him better, so, yeah, I would definitely say it does help me with my connection 
with him. Yeah, that's that's really, you know, I also find it there's like such a medium to totally just let go of everything and keep my sanity and, and you know, so, so. <laughs> for sure. Um, and also I see that, you know, in in Christianity, just like in Judaism, it obviously connects you to a healthier body, healthier body to fulfill your role. But also it comes hand in hand with the whole idea of modesty. Right. So yes. um, so mm-hmm. how how does modesty come into your world in the Pentecostal sect? And it, well, especially where we lived, it may not have been like this everywhere, but where we lived, we were actually the only ones that wore skirts um, or even thought about quote unquote modesty oh, or wow. whatever. And so um, we were the, so we just weren't able, able to be involved in anything. And growing up, I was always very, like, I was the tomboy of the family. So I really liked, you know, being active and, you know, just, I, I always wished I could be in gymnastics or something <laughs> like that, you know, that was my little kid mind. So whenever I grew up and um, found out that, which I don't, I don't know, there may have been modest fitness places back then. I don't think there were, I never heard of them. So whenever I got older and I heard of them, I was super excited to, um, to be able to work out and to, you know, to do that and still wear my skirts and still, you know, right around my knee, not exposing, you know, more than what um, we we typically for modest, modesty is, you know, keeping your skirt around your knees. Kind of like my pastor's wife, my old pastor's wife used to always say that good lot, like that God gave us lines, natural lines to kind of show us where to cover up. And she said like the mm-hmm. knees and then. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, and I've never heard that before, but it <laughs> yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah, that's what she used to always say. That so, anyways, it's kind of just, I guess the anything that needs to be covered was able to be covered with the skirts, and um, I love that I'm able to to work out and to do what I want and be in a skirt and stand out because you know that's that's different to people, and they don't always understand. Um, they don't always understand what they notice, and I think they respect it um, because I've never heard a negative word said about me wearing skirts and everybody else is out there half naked or whatever <laughs> while they're working out. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Is that what you were yeah. asking, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is great. Yeah. And um, so basically when you started realizing that they have, like, modest sports skirts, is that when you really started getting more into sports? Well, then, yes, and also when I got out of my house. Mm. <laughs> It, my parents actually, um, they they really don't agree with like the whole fitness thing, anyways, because they, I guess they feel like um, it's maybe immodest for a woman to work out in front of any like anyone that's not a woman. So, um, and I res- I respect their opinion and everything, but um, whenever I left, I I needed like I, you know we were talking about like how I use fitness or whatever. I needed it for an outlet. Like I was overweight. And um, just unhappy. Um, one thing my mom did always tell us is that, you know, we need to be active. And she, like, walked every day. So I did kind of have, like, that already. And I started exploring um, just, like, different things. So I go to the gym because I knew that I did need to stay active if I wanted to lose weight. And if I wanted to be happy with myself and feel better and all that. So I started um, kind of, like, looking into fit- the fitness world, I guess. And I, I was like, you know what? I can do this and be modest. And I didn't feel like... I feel like God wants us to take care of our bodies. And I feel like as long as we do it in a modest fashion, then he's perfectly 100% for that because our bodies are a temple. So 
um, not only that, I think that the image that we portray to the world is very important that, you know, that we, that we look like we take care of ourselves and that we look like we have a self-respect. And I say that in a, um, I say that in a very respectful manner. I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all, but um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it's important if we're going to stand out and we do stand out because of, our <laughs> of skirt, course. that we should stand out in the best way possible. And so, um, yeah, when I got out of the house, I started kind of like going to gyms for like just the treadmill or whatever. And then as I was in gyms, I would see them doing the little classes and I was like, oh, that looks fun. I think I can do that. So then I started taking classes and then just one thing led to another. And that's how I ended up in like, um, a partially CrossFit gym <laughs> doing the things that I do. So, and I, I love it. Yeah, I can, I can see so from, from your posts and what you share. It's, uh, it's pretty eminent in, uh, in what you do and what you write. Uh, so it's so cool. So basically, like, your sports was kind of like your way of, like, rebelling against your family. Cause, like, you know. <laughs> well, I hate to say it that way, but if, if I rebel, and we have a very close relationship, um, but, I mean, yeah, maybe. So. Yeah, and you know what? It's really funny <laughs> because there's so many moms out there that, like, this would be like you know their their dream like <laughs> they wish their kids would like you know cut down on like the on the sugar they wish their kids wouldn't they go and drink alcohol but for you it's like you know every mom's dream to see that her daughter is getting into sports you know but um and yeah you should know that also in in our religion in in Judaism um we like running in public is also a topic it's very it's it's very like controversial yeah because it is you know women moving and you know lots of men I don't know maybe they find that as a big turn on or provocative but um also Bidi Deutsch for example which is you know Israel's representative and she's done amazing things um in Israel running in her skirt she also needed to get kind of an authorization from her rabbi before she can go and wear these skirts around you know and and i think i think Mm -hmm. this is where modesty really becomes more personal because it's not just what length you're wearing it's also how how you're carrying yourself and in sports it's it's a whole different medium Yeah, yeah so basically um i'm actually curious to ask what is this um sport that you that you're doing like in your photos i see there's lots of weights involved what kind of a sport is it um it's well, it's kind of a mix between like a CrossFit workout um, and then it's really, it's my workouts mostly. So I do compete in a sport and the sport is CrossFit, but at the gym that I go to, we do a mix between CrossFit and then what they call endurance training, like athletic endurance training. And together those are called caveman training. Caveman, <laughs> so, wow. I'm like picturing this like caveman, big beefcake yeah. with like these huge... so that's yeah that's what we do there but like when I do compete in sports it's it's a CrossFit so yeah CrossFit and are you familiar with CrossFit? yeah it sounds almost like a cocktail of like different sports I mean I also have a friend that's into CrossFit and she tells me that she does jumping rope she does like um lifting and then she does all sorts of climbing and um like running so it's really um it's a good yeah yeah that's (laughs) yeah and um okay I see that you wear like a skirt with short sleeves and it's really interesting because in in my religion it's almost like she's modest but that's like really something that's not as modest when you're wearing short sleeves which is something that's so hard for me because me personally like I dress the same exact way from when I work out I wear my skirt and my short sleeve shirts 
And so I'm uh-huh. wondering if, is that something that's also by you in the Pentecostal community? The yeah, sleeves? like the short sleeves that's considered a little bit like gray area. Uh, actually, yes, I guess so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're also a revolutionary woman. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yes. And like I said, like with growing up, you know, my mom always said like the, I don't know if I actually said this part, but our sleeve did need to go to our elbows and stuff like that. And she didn't, she would kind of freak out when we had shorter sleeves <laughs> and just kind of as time has I guess progressed there's more people wearing shorter sleeves we do keep our shoulders covered and although I'm not sure every time my sleeves might kind of go up sometimes so my complete shoulder is probably not covered in every picture (laughs) but yeah yeah you're right there's a a mix between people who still actually there's some people that will wear their sleeves to their um wrists still which I don't know. I, and for me, since there's no biblical, um, it, you know, I don't see it biblically. And my husband is really good at keeping me in line, actually. So I listen to what he says. Oh, really? Like what kind of stuff <laughs> and, will he say? Yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't really, he just, like I asked him, hey, do you think this is okay? Because I grew up way more, he didn't even grow up in church at all. Like, so he, everything he learned and everything he learned about God and everything that he believed he had to adopt it himself, like through studying the word and he's very smart. And so actually that's one thing that attracted me to him is he was able to at Bible college argue with anybody and win an argument. So anytime I have a question about like, I feel like I kind of grew up with a bunch of, I, I love my parents. I do not want that to come. Like they're wonderful people. And I'm very thankful for the way that I was raised, but I do feel like we were kind of raised with a lot of, um, just maybe rules instead of like the actual scripture behind why we do this. Um, I didn't know a lot of reasons why we did a lot of the things that we did to be very honest till I met my husband. And then, you know, we'd talk about it and he of course knew the reason why. And um, so anytime that I have a question about, Hey, is this okay? And I have asked him about my sleeves before. Hey, are these okay? Mm. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, so I just kind of go by what, you know, if he, if he is a pastor too, so that helps. Yeah. Um, if he's okay with it, then I'm okay with yeah. it. But yeah, if I don't see anything biblical, like specifically stating it, then I, um, I guess don't worry so much about following a rule that was maybe man-made. And I mean, I'm not, I, I do think we should have our lines. I do think that we need to, you know, be careful because it's easy to go. It's easy to start letting up on your standards. Um, but yeah, when I'm working out, it's hot and your sleeves can get in the way and I sweat like crazy. And so every article of clothing that I'm wearing is drenched by the time. So mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just like the whole idea of uh, different rules. Also in, in Orthodox world, we have something called halacha, which is basically like the laws of what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And you should know Karina that, one of the reasons that I also ended up going on my own personal journey where I wasn't as observant was because I kind of felt like everything was um, just forced upon me. And there's, um, there's a word in Hebrew. It's like uh, the word for taste. Taste is uh, ta'am. So the word ta'am means two different things. Um, it means like the flavor of something. And it also means the, like the source, the reason you do something. So Basically, Uh the whole idea is that like when you don't know why you're doing what you're doing and you don't understand it, then that's when there's bad taste and then that's where it can't work. So I feel like it's the same exact way also with these 
with these different rules that we abide by, that we live by. And I think that it is really important to kind of, you know, um, understand why we're doing what we're doing, especially in modesty. So how, like, how do you, how yes, do you, absolutely. how do you understand modesty? Why do we need to dress modesty? Um, for me, it's like a distinction from the world. Um, and, and mostly that's it. Like I know God gave it, God wants us to, um, you know, adorn ourselves in, in a modest fashion. The Bible says that. And to me, being modest is, yeah, not drawing attention to things that shouldn't really be just out there for everybody to see, to keep your, you know, body parts covered that are, <laughs> that are more of a private nature. Um, you know, not just kind of putting your, yourself out there for, um, for everyone to, to see the things that maybe only imagine, you know, um, also on the, the, like the skirts and stuff, just kind of modesty on the skirts for us is just, it's yes, a separation from the world, but also, um, we go by scripture that says that, um, that for a woman not to wear what pertaineth to a man. And then when you look it up or whatever, it's talking about his war garments and they, you know, girded between the legs. And so a woman wouldn't gird hers between the legs. So that's where the skirt comes from. Um, and just being modest, like you even said earlier, it's kind of, it's not only just modest in appearance, but it's also just modest in your actions. So, um, you can be as modest as you want to be on the outside and like the, um, in the physical, but if your modesty on the, in your attitude and the way you conduct yourself and the way you act and the way you, you know, portray yourself isn't modest, then kind of, it's just all for, for not. So to me, being modest is to, to act modestly, to portray God in everything that we do, to make sure that he's what's shining and not us. Um, and you can do that through your clothes. Cause like you even said, you know, some people view it as provocative if you wear, um, or like just kind of working out in front of, of men or, or just, you know, things like that. And there can be ways that you can, you can wear a skirt and still be provocative. So it's just kind of like getting your attitude and your clothes all together in line in one and make sure that you're glorifying God, that it's God that you're portraying and not yourself and that it's him that they see. That's what modesty kind of is to me. That's beautiful. And you're saying something how from your scripture, you have the whole idea that men and women need to be um, separated. And also in our scripture, in, you know, we have a verse that says, that a man shouldn't wear um, the women's stuff and, and like vice versa, you know? And I think that it's something that definitely we share in common. And I'm just curious to ask, so in this scripture of yours, do you have like exact laws of what you're allowed to wear and what you're not allowed to wear? Or is it just um, everyone kind of like adopts what they want and what is what is right for them? Yeah, it's kind of more, I mean, there's not anything just kind of lined out. I would say that everybody has generally the same um, takeaway from the scriptures, but yeah, it's not really lined out. We just kind of do what... Um, we feel like it, the scripture is saying, I guess, so yeah, everybody's own walk, I guess, their own conviction. And then like also, you know, in Christianity, we follow or we're supposed to <laughs> follow the pastor and what he says. So even if um, and, you know, he's not supposed to put his convictions on his congregation. But if there is some some lines that he wants to draw for his congregation, 
then um, the congregation does kind of follow more what the pastor says is okay and is not okay. And hopefully that pastor can back up what it is that he's, you know, telling his congregation is either right or wrong, but that's kind of how we do it. Here. Yeah. And you, you know, also by us, we have like the rabbi of the community that's kind of like telling us what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do. Um, but like what I find a little bit scary from what you're saying is that like, if there aren't rules written down, so like, how can you know what the right way is, you know, because then like suddenly someone really powerful that has like a really big say in the in in the community will come and will start wearing like a super short skirt, you know, and then everyone's going to think that's right. You know what I mean? And then not only that, like I think as the world evolves and like what you were saying before, how, you know, the world is becoming more modernized and it's evolving. So like, I don't know, it just seems that that if that if we don't have like you know set rules isn't it a little bit like, confusing to know where where the 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 limits are yeah well okay you know what to be honest now that you're speaking about it there might be like we do have a handbook honestly i have never ever never read the handbook and it's not something that i think is like um you know no nobody really not that we don't pay attention to it, but I think it's more like for the ministers and for the people that are like in the way up, um, like the, you know, the head of our, of the, the Pentecostal, uh, the UPC or whatever is what we're called. And then like all the people that are kind of like in his little, um, circle or whatever. And probably in that handbook, I'm sure that there are, <laughs> are roles written down. I don't know to what degree or to what like standard they are, like how strict they are. But there, I know, you know, obviously in there, they're going to have about like girls needing to wear skirts. I don't know if they'd have like actual length in there, but I think it's kind of like, we just know for sure your knees have to be covered. We don't have them written down, but that's just kind of the general consensus, like amongst everybody. Now, everybody, just like in any kind of like religion and any kind of, um, you know, little group or whatever, not everybody's going to follow those rules. Um, but the people that are serving in a position or the people that are <clears throat> over like any kind of um, little group in the church or, you know, for sure the pastor and all that, they all, you know, know that the role of your, your shoulders covered, your armpits covered mm. and your skirts to your knees. And I think that's kind of the same in every, every church. Some of them are more strict, but I don't really think that there's any that are less strict at all. So um and if they are, then they're probably kind of like um, fading off into another, like a more charismatic group or something and not so much UPCI. And like, we do have a handbook. It's just nobody really ever, I think we just kind of like, if it's the pastor will preach to the Bible and then it's kind of up to you, I guess, to have your own relationship with God. And I feel like whenever we have our own relationship with God, and then we're, for one, more likely to follow the things that our pastor tells us. But also, I kind of feel like God leads us to, um, like, the closer you are to him, probably the less that you're going to want to uncover. You know what I mean? And Or that's just how it is for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's kind of what we encourage is that everybody just have their own relationship with God and kind of seek what is right for themselves. Because how else do you really know, you know, instead of following man, I don't know, does that make sense? No, it makes plenty of sense. Yeah. You know, every person really has their own dialogue with God and it could be in any language. For some people, it's in running. For some people, it's in praying. For some people, it's in painting. Like everyone has their own language and it's important uh -huh. to develop it on their own. Um, 
something that I was thinking about, like, as you were saying all these things about, you know, covering the knee and covering the arm and like, um, for, for us that like, we're, that we are religious and we're so preoccupied with what's modest and not modest. I have to say, Karina, is that after we exercise and we feel really good with our bodies, we like, we develop this like love towards our body. And at the end of the day, I mean, it is kind of like contradictory to like this whole thing of like covering up and like, you know, staying all like, quiet and everything. <laughs> Like, I, I personally feel the struggle. Do you also? Um, I, I, I know exactly what you mean, uh, for sure. It's, because, like you check, yeah. it's like after you exercise, you're feeling amazing about yourself. Like, your endorphins are in the sky. And then, like, after you start seeing results, like, yeah, you can look in the mirror and you'll be like, yeah, you know, like, that's me. Like, you know, I oh worked God. for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do know what you mean. Um. Yeah, and I've actually heard people say, well, the reason I, God didn't make me skinny is because he knows that I wouldn't be wearing, all, <laughs> you know, all these clothes or whatever. I've heard people say that. But, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess, I guess it's, uh, you know, every person needs to kind of like fine tune it. Uh, individually. Yeah. Well, you know, you still look, even with clothes on, you still look better when you're fit. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's how I just comfort myself. Like, okay, yeah, I'm, I might look good, but I look way better in clothes even than I did before. Yeah. So I just feel better about myself yeah. in general. And it actually, it's made a huge difference, the whole fitness lifestyle for me, because I did used to be very, very down on myself, very insecure, and just felt like, to be very honest, I felt just really ugly. And I would actually, I mean, to the point where I'd look in the mirror and I would tell myself that and Gosh. when I was younger. And when I, I, it was really bad. Yeah. And so the, for me, some people kind of think, oh, well, you're way into, you're, you're way too into fitness. Like think it's like more of a God or an idol or something for me, the people that don't understand, but to be very honest, like fitness has saved my whole mindset. It's like, you know, when you don't feel good about yourself, there are so many things that you're not going to excel in at life. And I think God wants us to excel in everything that we do. And until I started getting into fitness and getting my control over my own body. Um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to excel in anything because I was just way too insecure and didn't feel confident about anything. So, you know, it's, it's not that it's, yeah, for the people that think, well, you're way too into it or that it's unhealthy mindset or whatever. No, it's a very healthy mindset and it's what's helping. Yeah. (laughs) And anything that God wants me to do, I'm going to accomplish it because of it I really believe because it's what's given me um confidence in myself yeah well I'm actually quite in shock of what you're saying because I think you're absolutely gorgeous and I kind of have a girl crush on you um oh yeah no but really (laughs) um and you know and it's amazing that what you're saying about as far as because I was reading your story I was reading your bio and like I was reading how you know you got more into sports after you had you started giving birth to your kids and it's really what transformed your life so can you share with us like a little bit about what was that spark that suddenly lit up your life for sports yeah um well like I said I always had kind of enjoyed being active and walking was something like a daily part of our routine anyway so we just walked every from the time I was really little to you know to the time I had walking not running right yeah not running just walking because my my, that was one thing my mom did do she would walk every day (laughs) so after I had um, my daughter, so my first child, I didn't lose, like, any of the baby weight. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, oh, it's just going to fall <laughs> off. No, it, it did not fall yeah. off for me. And so. I still um, think that. I felt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 
it got it got easier with the other two. I think I just ate too much. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, it got to the point where like if I was in my room and I was changing my clothes and my husband walked in, I would literally fall to the floor because I did not want him <laughs> to see me. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's just kind of how it was. I was so ashamed of myself that I would literally fall to the floor because I didn't want him to see me. So um, I knew I had to do something. And that was, you know, at that point, that was when I was like, okay. Oh, and it was causing problems too. Honestly, it was causing problems in our marriage because since I was unhappy with myself, I would kind of take it out on him because sometimes that's just what we do. They say you're like, you take out your um, frustrations on the people that are closest to you. So, and it just wasn't healthy. I didn't really treat him right because I wasn't happy with myself. So I didn't see how he could be happy with me. And it caused me to put up walls. So I knew I needed to change that. So that's when I started going to the, to the gym. And like I said, I, at, once I got to the gym and I saw there's more that you can do than just walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started taking the little classes they had and they would use like little hand weights and stuff. And as they, as I started doing the little hand weights, I started noticing that my weight was dropping. And that's when I started kind of doing more research on like losing weight and weight training and stuff. And I f- found out that like the more, weight that you lift the bigger your muscle is the bigger your muscle is the more your metabolism the higher your metabolism um goes because it's trying to because it's it's working with the muscle and you burn more fat and so on so that inspired me very honestly that's what inspired me to get into um like the crossfit and lifting heavier weights lifestyle because i was like okay so the more muscle that i have the more fat i'm gonna burn and and you also you also burn more fat during the day, the more muscle you have. So anyways, that's kind of how I got into mm. that really. Um, yeah. And that's why I started because it was just, it was, I was at a very, very unhealthy place uh, mentally. Wow. Well, you're definitely putting me in the mood to go lift some weights. running, And then like twice a week, I'll do weightlifting. Um, oh yeah. Well, that, that's really yeah, it's good important thing, to so. balance. Wait, so how long have you actually been really, really hardcore exercising? Um, well, it depends on what, what your definition there is. I did used to, I actually used to run like five miles a day. Um, probably yeah. After my second child. So that was, he's eight, I think. Yeah. He's eight. <laughs> so that's, and you know, that, that's when I really started like every day I was going to do something and I was going to do it for probably at least an hour. And that's when I started, you know, running. And then I, I did the running until I had my last child. And it was after my last child, he's four years old is when I started finding the stuff that I currently do now and um, like lifting weights and doing the classes and stuff and kind of being a little bit more, I don't know if you want to taking it to the next level, I guess, or being more like, um, whatever you call it. Yeah, four, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that about four years, I guess I would say so, but, but even before that, like I, fitness was a big part of my life. I just didn't, I hadn't experienced a whole lot of different things besides like walking and running. And I love to run because whenever I ran, that was when like, I, I could connect with God and stuff <laughs> like that. And I got a lot of inspiration through running actually, but, um, so, but that's when I started. Yeah. So about eight years ago is kind of when I started that. All yeah, that's stuff. amazing. And today I understand that you're a personal trainer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, great. So basically, can you please describe to us a typical day in your life today? Okay. Well, I wake up and every morning, the very first thing I do is pray because I know that I am 
a psycho without prayer. <laughs> no, I can't make it. I cannot, I cannot get through a day without prayer. So I do that first thing in the morning because that is not an option to skip. Um, and then three days out of the week, I go in, I teach a, a women's class at 6, 6 a.m. in the morning. And um, then I'll come home. And during the summer, I've actually put my kids in some little gym classes or whatever. So those three days of the week that I have my women's class, that's also the same days that they go. And so by the time I get home from all of that, it's about nine o'clock. I have my breakfast. Um, I try to catch up on all my little messages from people asking questions and stuff. Um, that's from there. I just kind of taking care of, I do, I'm able to stay home. I'm blessed to be able to stay home. So I can do all of every, all my work from home. And then that also includes, you know, all the household things. So when you have three kids, you have lots of laundry, you have lots mm-hmm. of messes. <laughs> um, and that's just kind of, that's the main things that I do every single day other than like church and then <clears throat> working on church things. And usually I do my music on Saturdays um, and I do that more near the afternoon so that I'm prepared Sunday when I wake up. Um, usually my husband and I have a little bit of time before we go to bed where we can just spend kid free. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just, the days just kind of go super fast <laughs> and in a blur. <laughs> so, and then of course being pastor and pastor's wife, there's always you know, to run to the hospital or, you know, just different things like that, that are always mixed in throughout the days, but every day is kind of different on what's on the agenda. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of how fast uh, the days go by, um, where do you see yourself in five years from now? Well, I do hope and pray that uh, we're in the process of trying to get our church on the go and just like really build it. So in five years, I'm hoping that we have a booming church and obviously I'll be really involved in that. Um, fitness wise, I, I am, my, my goals are to just expand this women's class that I just started it. So it's right now I've only got like four women that come. Yeah. I just started, I had my uh, certificate for personal training for like a year, but I, I waited a whole year to even get started (laughs) on using it. So anyways, I'm hoping to grow that to maybe more than just one class, probably only two at this point, because that's probably the only thing I'd have time for. But um, I do, the more people that I can help, the better. Um, I'm actually just, I'm, I just put out an order to make um, shirts. And I'm, I'm going, whenever they come in, I'm going to sell them and kind of see how they do. I would love to have like a little clothing line myself someday, but more, um, you know, just like little shirts and things like that. Just something small. So Amazing. Are they the short sleeve shirts? They, they are. Oh my gosh, Actually, you need to I, save one for me. <laughs> that's funny. I will. Yeah, this time I ordered some that are kind of like they're more like mid between your elbow and between your shoulder, and then some that are kind of a little bit more like what I wear to the gym usually. Oh, the <laughs> so, shortest sleeve you have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I'll keep one for you. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's I'm I'm going to experiment with that and kind of see where that goes. I would love for that to go somewhere because I think that would be super fun. Um, although it would be a lot of work, but just kind of just something small though. Nothing too crazy. Nothing big like you. Oh, <laughs> but, come on. Anyways. In five years from now, you'll be interviewing me with your clothing line. <laughs> oh no, I don't, I don't actually see it getting that huge, but I just think it'd be kind of fun to put some stuff out there and just kind of, you know, it's a little extra money on the side, plus getting to make things that you think are cute, that you would wear, that, you know what I mean? So, yes, yes. Anyway. Amazing. Okay. And um, Karina, what's your biggest goal in life? <sighs> well, my ultimate goal is to make it to heaven. 
That's a good. And sometimes every other goal just kind of has to revolve around that. <laughs> I like that. It's pretty practical. Okay, cool. And who's your uh, female role model that you derive your inspiration from? You know what? <clears throat> I actually, this is probably going to sound sad. I actually, I don't have one. Um, that's okay. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's totally okay. You know, not everyone has one. Like some people just get it from like different women or just different places. Well, yeah. And that's probably, I've gotten inspiration through different, like used to when I was super, super, super big into singing. Like um, Shara McKee was my inspiration, like in her singing and stuff. Who is this? But Shara McKee, she, um, she's a singer and um in our movement and like she inspired me used to whenever I was like like I was super super into singing and mm. I, I probably I'm not quite as much into it as I used to be or whatever it's not but I do like there's yeah like you said I draw from different people so she was that at that point I don't really have a fitness one because um I, I just actually follow a lot of fitness people that I, to me are inspirational <laughs> and that there's not just one, I guess, that I can pick out and say, oh yeah, that, that person has really changed my life. But all of them together, I've drawn, I've gleaned little things and little nuggets of um, inspiration, I guess, and motivation from each one of the ones that I follow. So that's kind of how I've I love that. kept myself inspired. And is there um, a book that also inspires in this topic? Not really in this topic, to be honest. I have gotten most of. Actually, I listen to a lot of podcasts, hmm. and um, Ed Milet is probably the most inspirational one to me. Not necessarily in fitness, although I relate his stuff to my fitness, um, just because he talks a lot about just winning in life. Who's this? And um, Ed Milet. Ed Milet. Um, uh huh. Yeah, I love his podcast because it. It doesn't matter what your goals are, what your dreams are. Like he is totally inspirational and motivational for going and just going and getting them and um, just keeping connections right. And just um, he inspires me a lot whenever I'm feeling kind of like, oh, I don't even know why I'm doing this or, you know, like just any any area. But it relates a lot in my fitness area because there has been times that because, you know, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit. It is a controversial controversial issue and you do have people that um say negative things to you about it or kind of try to discourage you from it and my goals are to inspire like the reason I'm even doing this even the reason I even put my stuff on social media and stuff is because I needed that myself to keep going whenever I was on my like weight loss journey and trying to get healthy and stuff like that's how I kept going was every day before I went to the gym in order to motivate myself to get there I would look up stuff on Pinterest or look at people um, that were fitness people and watch them working out or just kind of read some of the stuff they were doing. And it would motivate me and inspire me to go. So I'd build up the courage to go to the gym. And so that's, that's what I, that's why I even post on social media. And you hear a lot of you, you, not a lot, but I've gotten some negative feedback from people, you know, as you're, you're going to, and then, and then sometimes it does kind of feel like, oh man, they're going to think that I'm all about myself, but really that's not it. I'm just trying to like, Mm. I'm just trying to inspire them. And so his podcasts, a lot of times have kind of like kept me on track where, you know, don't worry about what anybody thinks because it's not about them. 
it's not about what they think about you or their negativity. Listen to the positive voices and um, just keep going. Like whatever your dream is, go for it because you're the one that's going to reap the benefits in the end. And if you let people stop you, you're the only one that's going to suffer. So anyways, he's, he's really helped me a lot with the whole fitness thing. Um, even though he's not necessarily fitness. Well, I can't wait to check him out. It's so refreshing to hear about the positive impacts of social media, just because most of the day we kind of see the negative sides, but this is amazing. And it's so yeah. important to to stress how positive it can actually be as well. So yeah, um, yeah. is there? Use it the right yeah, way. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. So what's like your favorite quote from like Ed Milet, what he says about your attitude towards life? Hmm, let's see, from him. Well, oh, okay. Every, and I don't know if this is his original quote, probably not. But one thing he says a lot is everything happens um, for you, not to mm, you. I love that. Can you, can you explain a little bit more about how that comes in your life? Well, just like a lot of times, you know, something bad happens or, you know, something kind of not so pleasant, something negative, whatever. And you can really you can get down and you can be like, Oh, I can't believe this happened and, and get discouraged. But if you think of it as a stepping stone instead, because in truth, everything that happens, even the negative is just a, well, and you know what, sometimes more the negative than the positive, because they're all learning experiences and they're all um, ways to strengthen you, to make you grow, whether it's, um, you know, like spiritually or, or whatever. Actually, I kind of feel like every negative experience that you go through, you can, you can grow spiritually through it, whether it's a physical thing or a spiritual thing. And I feel like we can turn all those things around instead of using them for excuses to, to not go forward or to not continue on or to, well, I can't do this because that happened. Da, 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 da. No, instead use it as a learning and a growing experience to make something better or to, um, you know, just better yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you use them that way, then, then you're gonna, you're gonna move up. You're gonna go forward. You're gonna win. So that's what that means to me. Don't use it for an excuse. Yeah. Use it as a, a benefit. That's beautiful. And, you know, also I have um, one of my runner friends. She also um, has like a quote that's very similar to this in Hebrew. And it says, um, basically the whole idea is that when you're going uphill and it's hurting in your legs and you're in lots of pain, you know that it's a good thing because you're going up, you know? So yeah. I think it's mm -hmm. really like an yeah. attitude we could take towards life. Um, yeah. Exactly. Okay. I want to ask you, what's your number one tip for a pregnant mom to stay healthy? Number one tip. Well, I guess just to remember that, um, that baby weight is not going to just come off. <laughs> no, I'm just okay. No, um, no. Yeah. Remember that, but only remember that because maybe that'll help you stay on track. Like you really only need 300 extra calories a day for that baby. Okay. So that's not very Basically, much. so don't and stuff your you... face in all the ice cream just because you think it's going to fall off after you give birth. Exactly. Because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Good. So still eat moderately. Only add a little bit because you'll regret it later. <laughs> maybe you should have that printed on your new t-shirt line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's those lucky girls out there. Some some of them, it does just fall off. But for me, it certainly didn't. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, and last but not least, where can people find you? Um, like on Instagram, on social media and yeah. stuff? Okay. So my tag is just Karina McElhaney. I kept it simple. It's just my name. And then I'm also on Facebook as Karina McElhaney. 
Um, and right now that's all. I have a few things that are on YouTube, but they're not really anything. It was just, actually, I don't even know what's on there. I think it's just a few work workouts that I posted to be honest. Someday I do plan, like you said, the whole five year thing. That's another thing on in five years. I do plan to kind of actually have my own YouTube channel and actually be doing that actively. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm looking forward to hearing about how you conquered everything and amazing news. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being on this. It's an honor. It was a privilege and it was fun.